You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. We haven't recorded in a long time. It's been uh, a couple weeks because I was moving and I took last week off from coming out here. Yep. Um, we were supposed been, to go to Nashville. And we were supposed we to go to Nashville. <laughs> did not go to Nashville. <laughs> There's been so much going on. Um, all, you know, it, I think for me, it was a long week, but good things. We're very excited to be in the new house. Um, you know, starting a kind of a new journey together yep. as a family and expecting another one in the winter. So it's going to be... It'll be good. It'll be good. But right now, like, I love I love coming to Liz's, but it's a much different drive. Yeah, I know. It's a hike. <laughs> I drove Carson about an hour to my mom's and then it's about 20 minutes from my mom's to here. And then so, you got to do it all the way and back. And then I got to take him back. And that hopefully, you know, with COVID, tra- traffic isn't as bad, but I'm going to be driving at like five o'clock. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Well, yeah. at least you're moved. You're settled. Moved. The We're house is gorgeous. Big old house that I feel like I don't even deserve. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I love it. I love the area. We're right by a park that Carson absolutely loves. That's awesome. Um, his new daycare looks amazing, even though he was an absolute disaster yesterday. The poor child. Like, he's so little that he doesn't understand. He n- understands words and he understands things. But, like, I can't explain to him that I'm going to be back at the end of the day. And he thinks we're handing him off to these, like, strangers with masks on. Yeah. And he cried so much when I picked him up yesterday. His voice was hoarse. Ugh. He had snot dried all on his nose. Like, the level of mom guilt was a thousand yesterday. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't even get work done. I couldn't focus. Yeah. I'll probably be right behind you because Marcus is starting next month. I know. So. It's hard when four, he's been, it's been four months that he hasn't been with anyone, yeah. but Nick and I or Nick's parents or my parents. Yeah. Marcus has never ever been with anybody except for us and grandma. Yeah. Cause she's always here helping watch him, which we so appreciate, but I want to get him in with other kids, learning yes. some different things. I, we have talked about this so many times in COVID. I'm not a daycare teacher. <laughs> I can play with him shapes and colors, ABCs, but yeah. there's so much more. That yes. the d- they the do daycare. such a good job yeah. with them. And it's like important to create structure for them and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so it's going to be good. And honestly, like you'll be amazed. It's you have so much time to do work. Yeah. He's going seven, seven thirty to three forty five. Okay. Is what we're doing. Okay. Um, Cause the way the daycare is set up is they have like, you can add on before and after mm. or whatever, but um, you know, 345 is late enough in the day. That gives me plenty of time to get yeah. things done, especially if I'm not distracted. Mm-hmm. So right now we've been doing all the things and getting it all done, but you know, burning the candle at 5 a.m. in the yes. morning and then eight o'clock at night. And you know, so I know. All right. So we are t- here talking about menstrual cycles, PMS, how to train around your phases of your cycle, how to eat in the phases of your cycle when you want to eat all the cookies Mm -hmm. and all the sugary deliciousness. Yes. And I want to make a side note. Hormonal birth control heavily impacts things Mm -hmm. that we're about to talk Mm -hmm. about. So if you are on hormonal birth control, you may not experience some of the things we're talking about. And you might have gone on hormonal birth control because of the part two episode we're going to do next on Mm -hmm. Wednesday. Um, 
But know that hormonal birth control basically shuts down the communication of hormones in your body. Yep. You are not, it, It's artificial. So the problems that you have, like heavy periods, like horrible cramps, like whatever might be going on that doctors put you on hormonal birth control for is not solving the problem. It's basically covering the problem up until you come off of hormonal birth control. So you are not, you may not kind of experience the same feelings, the same, you know, strength experiences and mm-hmm. the different cycles and stuff. So just keep that in mind. We'll do another podcast eventually on hormonal birth control. It's a really heavy topic. It's very controversial. Yep. Um, but just a heads up that <laughs> that's, uh, that's going to skew things for sure. Yeah. And, and it's interesting if you think about like anything that you put into your body, right? Like everything is like a synthetic, especially yeah. if it's, it's, you know, fake hormones, like it's not the way that your body is designed to work. And, mm-hmm. you know, our body plays off of other functions yep. um, and it is meant to work smoothly and you can have a awesome period. And and I really like what Jolene Brighton says about mm-hmm. your period is your report card, right? Totally. It tells you how everything it's is functioning. But then when you add in synthetics in which I will say I am on birth control, I went on birth control because of very severe cramping and just horrific PMS when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Would I make that same decision today if I knew what I know now? No. Um, I do believe it's a large part of what's going on with my thyroid. Yep. Um, however, after having Marcus and post baby, I'm not ready for another baby. And totally. so we're utilizing this. There's <laughs> this a possibility <laughs> after the second child, I might be back on birth control and I will, I will probably go through like the copper IUD route or yep. something like that. Yep. I have the that IUD. is much yep. lower hormonal levels yep. um, or not at all hormonal levels. Yep. Um, but the lack of research around hormonal birth control, mm-hmm. the lack of uh, knowledge around what it actually causes long term mm-hmm. is scary. Well, and it's just a Band-Aid, in my opinion. You know, yes. like I went into the doctor. Absolutely. They didn't ask anything about no. my nutrition. They didn't ask anything about my lifestyle. And I was overweight as a kid. And so that should have been the first place that they should have gone and said, mm-hmm. hey, mom, pull pull mom out of the room and have a conversation with mom um, if needed, because there are a lot of things that I would have done differently with the education and knowledge that I have now. And so we want to help you understand kind of what's going on as far as the hormonal changes, Mm -hmm. your cravings, if you have breakouts, bloating, why it happens, how to kind of, you know, minimize it. And then for all of you who freak out (laughs) about the scale, we're going to talk about the scale because it is not uncommon to take anywhere between a three and five pound swing kind of leading into your period um, from, you know, various things happening between hormone imbalance. So, and then we're going to talk in this episode about training. So if you notice, Mm -hmm. you know, different times of your month, five pounds feels like 50 pounds. Um, your energy is lower. Your strength might be lower, could be higher. Um, and how to kind of, periodize your training related to your period (laughs) it's awesome and it's like as women we have this whole thing to deal with every single month it repeats itself every single month and we are not alone there are many other women out there that probably have very similar symptoms that have very similar feelings um but there's some upsides to it you can totally train with your cycle to your advantage and feel super awesome 
using it. You can diet at the same time. Yep. You can use cut phases and maintenance mm-hmm. phases in conjunction with your cycle. And I do this a lot with clients. I ask them, you know, where are you at in your cycle? I'm not going to put you in a cut phase, you know, the week that you're totally shark week, right? Um, because you're one, just not going to adhere. Um, and two, your energy is already, you know, slumped. So anyways, let's go into a little bit of the science about why um, all of these things happen and tips to improve training through your cycle and kind of how to align your nutrition. So first and foremost, high level overview of what you need to know about your cycle and exercise. So there's two phases. Um, The first phase is the follicular phase. This is day one, the day that your period starts. Yep. You start bleeding. Um, And this is when you should be focusing the most on progress. Um, This is typically characterized by a higher tolerance for pain and increasing levels of endurance. So this is kind of where we would say to do your HIIT workouts, your more intense workouts, Um, you know, the anaerobic uh, in nature workouts, because this is the time that you will be utilizing carbohydrates as your fuel, um, Mm -hmm. as insulin sensitivity is increased um, during the follicular phase. Yep. Then we'll talk briefly about ovulation, uh, the estrogen levels, what that can do um, for you, but also things to be cautious of. And then, Lastly, your luteal phase, which is day 15 through 28. So this is, you know, after ovulation straight into leading up to your period, yep, leading up to your period. Yep. Um, and this is where we rely more on fats as fuel. So, yep. um, I will let you kick it off with yeah. phase one. Yeah. So, and just a quick note too, like normal cycles are anywhere from like 28 to 32 days, mm-hmm. any less than 28 days. And you're starting to get into short cycles, any longer than 32, you get into long cycles. And we're going to talk about that in part two of this, um, and what that could mean. But Usually most females are between like a 28 to 32 day cycle. So that day one to day 14, that follicular phase is when estrogen is increasing. So the phases are mainly characterized by like the fluctuations of estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen increases and progesterone and body temperature stays the same. And this phase is when the, it's basically the time the female body is primed to hit intense workouts that are of anaerobic nature. So increased insulin sensitivity along with an increase in pain tolerance kind of explains this capability. So Day one is technically the first day of your cycle, and it's normal to feel a little tired and sluggish like day one through three because you're at the peak of your cycle. Mm-hmm. You're probably, ha- some people have heavier flows at this time. You have cramps still going on at this time. Some people only get that leading up to their period, but some people have that the first couple days. So it's okay to be a little bit lighter on workouts the first and second day of your period. Like you might just feel depleted. You're losing blood, obviously. <laughs> you're shedding <laughs> a lining. There might be low iron levels at this time. So know that... After the first couple of days, that is when you will start noticing these positive effects on the workouts, your mood, your energy. So while you're on your period, totally okay. Take an extra rest day or two, do more restorative work, maybe some stretching. But once you start kind of feeling back to normal, you'll notice that surge in energy. That's when you want to start taking the best of your training, lifting heavier, yep. making your higher percentage weeks on these weeks, your higher intensity weeks on these weeks um, to try and you know go with what you're feeling, which is going to be hopefully you should be feeling pretty strong at this time. Yep. Yep. Because right as you lead into ovulation, which is typically day 14, this is mm-hmm. when you're going to feel the strongest. So nutritionally, what we recommend during the follicular phase is that you refuel um, with nutrient dense foods and definitely good carbohydrates, especially if you're going hard in the gym, make sure you have a good post-workout meal. Um, I always try to make my post-workout meals my highest you know, carb meal or most carb dense meal of the day. Um, and that's typically going to come from oatmeal, sweet potato, rice, you know, other vegetables, parsnips, beets, carrots, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, things like that. Um, and I always try to do a two to one carb to protein ratio. If it's a crazy, like, yep. Sometimes even three to one, depending on how long the workout is, depending on how intense the workout is. Um, if it's just like a moderate workout, sometimes I'll do one to one, um, protein, carb to protein, but yeah, depending on the intensity and the duration for sure. Yeah. Up in those carbs. And I would probably go to three to one if I was doing more than like 90 minutes, I yeah. would say. Yeah, so. for sure. So doing more intense workouts and also including those kind of metabolism boosting post-workout meals, like Liz was saying, using the carbs, the great carbs at that time, um, it helps counteract the fact that during this time, you have a little bit slower of a metabolism. So estrogen being a little bit higher, progesterone being a little bit lower during this time will result in that slower metabolism. So progesterone tends to be the kind of increasing metabolism hormone um, and increasing hunger hormone as well, which we'll get to. Uh, This is another reason why females with like high estrogen levels, estrogen dominance tend to have slightly slower metabolisms in general. So, um, so after phase one, you get into phase two, which is ovulation. And this is basically a day or two. Um, This isn't much longer than that. It's when you are dropping the egg, um, when you are the most fertile, when you want to have the sexy time, if you want to (laughs) get pregnant, um, this is when your temperature should spike. And this is a big thing to track for. So if you are trying to prevent pregnancy or trying to, you know, get pregnant, then this is the time that you want to look out for because that is when you will obviously be the most fertile. Yes. Um, But also tracking because this is the time that you want to go for PRs. Mm -hmm. Um, I am always the strongest and notice that I, you know, easily lift more um, around my ovulation. And so it's typically around day 14. Personally, I track it anywhere from day 11 to 15 that I kind of feel this like, oh, wow, that weight didn't feel as heavy, you know, as it normally does. Uh, But the biggest thing here is that you want to make sure that you're watching your form because it's easy when you feel this way to like load a little bit more and then, you know, tweak something because you are a little more prone to injury Mm -hmm. um, due to the increase in estrogen as it reaches its highest point at ovulation. Okay. So this impacts collagen metabolism and it can influence your neuromuscular control, which can actually throw off your balance as well. So, um, overall strength is peaked here. This is where you want to, again, go for those PR days. And there's some studies that we referenced here, um, from the American journal of sports medicine Yeah, about ACLs. Yeah. So they did studies around ACL injuries and noticed that there's a much higher rate, four to times higher rate Four to ter- eight. Yeah, yeah, four to eight times more likely to tear your ACL during this time. Crazy. Um, in your cycle than any other points in the cycle. So kind of crazy. Yeah. I wonder. I tore my ACL in college. I wonder. Wonder if it was no clue. I was on birth control <laughs> all the time. No clue. Um, <laughs> but this is also where we would recommend considering supplementing with collagen. Like in your morning smoothie, you can add collagen. You know, they have unflavored or even vanilla chocolate just with your protein powder, protein shake. That would be fine. Um, and place a little bit more emphasis on your warm up and recovery session. So be aware here of fatigue. And again, like I mentioned before, making sure that your form is correct and that yep. you're not, you know, getting this uh, like high in the gym and feeling really strong and you get that just like confidence boost to the point that you injure yourself or tear your ACL. So hopefully not. (laughs) Um, But as far as nutrition goes at this time, as progesterone starts to surge, uh, there's a slight decrease in serotonin that can happen. And since carbs can boost serotonin, this is kind of why food cravings tend to happen around your ovulation time. Um, Like Liz said, she tends to feel pretty strong those first few days leading up to ovulation. 
I tend to feel really crappy during ovulation. So like the day that I'm ovulating, the days around ovulation, I actually feel worse than I do around my period. Um, cramps, stuff like that. Because people say that you can like feel the egg dropping yep. type thing. Um, and that's what I experience. Everyone is different with this. Um, but some people actually will feel worse during ovulation mm-hmm. time versus their period. But you tend to be very hungry at this time. And this is kind of when your metabolism is starting to climb. So that's kind of the reason why. Because that progesterone is starting to surge. I also know notice that I get a little bit more backed up the day of ovulation. Yes, so it's totally. like the day of the day after I'm a little more backed up and I tend to start to feel a little more sore as mm-hmm. well. So keeping hydrated, you know, eating high magnesium foods, making sure that, you know, you're watching your sodium intake when you are increasing your intake because you're hungrier, things like that yep. can all be helpful. Yep. So then you enter the next phase, which is your luteal phase. And this is day around 15 to 28 or whenever you get your period. Um, So this is when your body is not primed to work out at very high intensities. So the body will prefer fat actually as its primary fuel source instead of glycogens. And you might actually retain more water due to PMS symptoms. So totally fine if you guys gain a couple pounds on the scale during this time. There is a reason for that. It is not your green card, though, to go no. out and eat all the things and the chocolate chip cookies that you're no, craving. Um, but we thought that we would explain, you know, why bloating happens and what happens hormonally. So we typically see water retention occur because estrogen increases a hormone called vasopressin, which controls our water retention and constriction of blood vessels. So the reason for this is to reduce blood plasma volume so that your heart doesn't have to work as hard and your body can utilize energy for other functions. Okay. At the same time, progesterone, which is rising now is competing with aldosterone, another fluid regulatory hormone that controls sodium retention. Mm-hmm. So, so as you increase your food intake, you want to make sure that you're going for healthier options. You know, just like we talked about, you should be going more for like healthy fats here yep. and, you know, less carbs opposite in the beginning. Yeah. So during this time, also plan for likely like a little bit of lack of motivation. You don't have a ton of energy um, during this time, but I don't recommend skipping your workouts completely. Maybe opt for gentler exercise. We're doing more like cardio-based movements, lower intensity, yoga, stretching, walking. Um, you can obviously still do weight training. Maybe do like more of a bodybuilding type mm-hmm. approach during this time versus super heavy lifting. Um, Deload week Totally, or totally. And also if you're suffering from like super high fatigue during this time, it's okay to take a couple extra rest days, guys. It is. It might be better for you than adding more stress, more inflammation, which can make your period worse, which we'll talk about in the next episode. <laughs> but in terms of nutrition, metabolism is the highest point at during this point, usually like the last third of your cycle. Um, studies have shown that people burn an additional 100 to 300 calories during this time, but beware, we tend to be hungrier during this time and people consume an extra 100 to 500 calories during this time. So although you are burning more, like Liz was saying, do not use this as just a, you know, absolute green light to consume all the foods. Definitely listen to your cravings, have some, a little bit of chocolate if you want, if you can moderate it. Um, Good for magnesium intake. Totally. Adding in things like avocado, salmon and fish help because omega-3s help with reducing inflammation and help with period pain, um, including, you know, iron rich foods like meats, fish, leafy greens, even broccoli, which has vitamin C and helps with the absorption of iron. Um, But like Liz was saying, maybe opt for a lower carb time during this time because you're not going to be as active. And don't get us wrong when we say lower carb, meaning less than 120 
grams. No, no, no. Low carb is typically classified between 100 and 150 grams, depending upon the person. Uh, If I'm periodizing my nutrition around this, I'm not going any less than one gram per pound of my body weight for carbohydrates. Yeah. My lowest carb I've ever been, well, in a healthy way, was like maybe 165. Yeah. Because I'm still working out. Yeah. You're still working out. You're still moving, even if you're not going intense. Yeah. So just don't take this as like, oh, they told me to lower my carbs and carbs are bad or anything like that. That's not at all what we're saying. We're saying that you might drop your carbs down to like 30% of your overall intake Mm -hmm. and bump your fats up to 35, you know, when typically that's kind of reversed if you are training harder. So, um, this is a time to prime, um, your body to go back into phase one. Yep. So just remember that, you know, this process is going to repeat. And what we would recommend doing is tracking your cycle and being aware of your symptoms, tracking your symptoms. There's an app that I use. It's called Life and it's a free app, but inside of there, I can track my periods, ovulation, symptoms, mood, food, sex, all of those types of things. You learn a lot doing that stuff. Yeah. It's sad how oblivious some of us are to our periods and our cycles. Well, and then a lot of people beat themselves up because mm-hmm. they think that they're doing things wrong if they step on the scale and the scale's up a or few if they're pounds. not motivated or if they're craving things like Well, and the thing that we're going to talk about in the next episode is that you might be experiencing some severe PMS symptoms. You might have tender breasts, you might have acne, you might have, you know, headaches or migraines and you're not making these correlations, which is very very important because not just because we're a nutrition podcast, but nutrition plays a huge role in every area of your life yep. and every function of your body. And so if you're depriving your body of nutrients that are necessary during this time, that's a recipe for disaster, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's very important. And yeah, it does take a little bit of effort, but guess what? I would rather put in a little bit more effort and feel better than lay on my couch in misery and feeling Ugh. awful. I mean, there's the nothing worse. worse. Than having period pain. Like you literally just don't, I don't even want to wear clothes because every piece of article of clothing that I put on is like, it's squeezing my abdomen that is so bloated and so painful right now. Yes. I I got, I was in high school, but I couldn't, I could barely like stand up during some of my periods because they were so bad. That is a sign that something is wrong with your body. That is not a a bad period. Bad periods mean something's not right. Yeah. Okay. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next episode, but hopefully this helped understand how to kind of periodize your training if you want to get into it like that Mm -hmm. if you want to be able to you know I think be more confident and happier with your progress understanding why you might not feel like it some weeks understanding why some weeks you feel super strong what did I do right that week maybe Mm -hmm. it was just a period in your cycle that was the right time for that lift Mm -hmm. So I think it's really helpful to just be more confident in what your approach is with nutrition and with exercise. Absolutely. And, you know, just having this knowledge and awareness allows you to make progress faster, right? Because when you're looking at metabolism, you're looking at insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. you know, body temperature that tells us a lot about how our metabolism is functioning, right? Um, and water retention or sodium retention, we can correlate these things with the time of the month and realize that, whoa, I didn't gain four pounds of fat. I'm simply starting my period in the next couple of days. And so I need to be mindful of what I'm giving my body. And a lot of people do it incorrectly. They go for the carbs. They go for the cookies. They go for all of the sweets or milkshakes or whatever. And that's only adding more inflammation Mm -hmm. and fighting against making making progress. It makes it so so much worse, guys. Cool. All right. So we'll be back on Wednesday with part two of PMS causes and what to do about it. Have a great Monday.
Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. 